Welcome to Contractor's Best Friend Podcast. I'm Brad Humphrey, and we're sponsored again today by 4constructionpros.com and Caterpillar. In fact, we have two of the best representing uh, Caterpillar today, Jason Hurtis, Lonnie Fritz. How are both of you guys doing? Good. How are you doing? Very good, Brad. Good to see you. I got a feeling this podcast may be uh, a little (laughs) long-winded, so I just want to set set the audience at, at, at bay. We'll see what happens, but want to talk about the the whole issue of uh, of new equipment and technology again examining what i think are probably four my major areas of that and, and it's been written about and you guys i think have even been quoted in some of these publications but the first area is on grade control systems so i want us to start off with that in just a moment we'll then we'll move to payload weighing systems and i know that's becoming a bigger issue as well Telematics, which I think we've touched on lightly in a, in a previous uh, podcast, but I think we can get a little bit deeper into that. And then if we have time, we'd we'll, like to cover this whole area of growing area of drones. It's just like, you know, it's just taken off. Uh, and we'll come back to that in just a bit. But let's go back to the top of our list on grade control systems. Give us, and Lonnie, maybe I'll turn to you first. What Give us sort of a broad overview of, of what is a grade control system, and then more importantly, what are some of the, the benefits? What are some of the overriding um, knowledge that would be important for a contractor to have on this? Yeah, so grade, grade is a big topic. It is one of the be- biggest, if not the uh, highest adopted technologies out there when we compare it to compact telematics and payload. Um, it, it all depends on what is it you're trying to accomplish because it really comes down to accuracy. Yeah. Um, at a high level, more and more grade technology is being built in from the factory into our machines, um, and there are still aftermarket solutions available. Um, we try to uh, manufacture and develop our machines with scalable solutions, again, is application-based. What is the uh, problem or what is the task you're trying to accomplish? Um, Is it simple cross-slope built into a motor grader or into a track-type tractor, a dozer? Um, Do we scale that up with a sonic sensor tracing a curb and introduce more of a 2D, an X and a Y? Uh, We go up to laser. We need more accuracy inside a building, for example. We do not have direct line of sight to the satellites, um, but we want to leverage the technology for the accuracy and the speed and the benefits that come with it. Uh, if we step up in the scalability ladder to GNSS using all the global satellites, um, GPS is specific to the United States. Well, let me, hold on a second. Now we're getting the alphabet in yeah. <laughs> different combinations. So, What's the GNS? Yes. So yeah. the GNSS is the global navigation satellite system. Uh, so it's pulling in all the satellites oh available okay. that all countries have launched into outer space right. versus GPS global positioning system that is basically u.s based Um, uts universal total station millimeter accuracy um, set up with the universal total station right on a tripod with the digital design file um, on a control point on your job site reading the prism on a motor grader for example on the mass to get that millimeter accuracy of the 3d file so a little bit on scalability again application based and the accuracy of them that's awesome on on that note and i and i I know a question i have for you is is there 
I mean, is it even right to think, is there a good, better, and best kind of a, a comparison? If we look at accuracy, there is okay. a good, better, best. Um, for lack of better terminology, we like to refer to the Global Navigation Satellite System, a GPS, as golf ball size accuracy, you know, within a tenth of a foot, depending how your job site is set up, sure. what your residuals are, you know, direct line of sight to the satellites versus millimeter accuracy when we get into lasers in the universal total station. Um, so it, it does come into play. Um, integration. Uh, there's a lot to be said about having something direct from the factory. Right. However, we do um, provide what we call ARO, AccuGrade Ready options out of the factory for those aftermarket plug-and-play solutions. Okay, let's stop right there because that's the second time you've used the term aftermarket. And I'm familiar with aftermarket in the car industry, right? You know, I remember buying as a kid buying a 65 Mustang and you know mm-hmm. aftermarket products that made it go faster and sound bigger anyway. What what? Give me some options. Give me some examples of aftermarket purchases that might mm-hmm. be considered. So that, you, that, that affects what you're going to pay for the first price on buying the equipment. Yes, right? yes. Okay. So if you want that uh, new shiny machine out of the Caterpillar factory, uh, you choose to put, for example, Tremble. If you want to leverage our partner okay. in Tremble with all their great grade control products, um, you can simply... Uh, take maybe your your grade control uh, system you already have on a machine maybe you're getting ready to trade in. Use the AccuGrade Ready option on your new machine. Take those components off and plug and play them on the new machine. So when we say aftermarket, those are any of those systems that are available to the industry outside of that machine purchase from Caterpillar coming out of our factory. So the aftermarket, like like it is in the auto industry, a lot of the times the aftermarket products are made by other that is correct. Manufacturer. Okay, I just wanted to make sure of that. Um, what about the the maintenance, the preventative maintenance on what consideration should we have for grade control systems? Because just the nature of the business itself is is mm-hmm. a lot of movement, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's so, the idea. Yeah, and grade control used to be uh, some very risky, a right. lot more risky in maintaining it, keeping it in operational, um, good operational status. Um, primarily being when we had the mouse, uh, mouse, the uh, mast mounted systems yeah. out on a dozer blade, for example, with right. the cables going back to uh, the radiator area and chunks of material coming over the blade and snapping those cables. Unfortunately, so I remember now, those days. <laughs> I had like, likewise, I had <laughs> some pi- pieces of rock out. Yeah, I had some pile climbers myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, with with the integration now and moving components around, you know, putting antennas on top of cabs, yeah. making, you know, more and more integration, tucking yeah. those uh, components out of harm's way, yeah. um, a lot of that risk has been taken away from uh, what we used to know as uh, aftermarket and, and integrated systems of the past. Well, it's a foregone conclusion that if you buy a new piece of equipment, I mean, if you spent that much money, you better maintain it. Um, and one of the questions I've had, and, and I don't know that we've actually talked about this in the past. You know, we had a we created PM schedules for all of our equipment at one mm-hmm. point. This yes. was years ago. We didn't have the technology we have here today. Didn't have the computer use and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But we did create manually. We recreated those charts, and we tried to hold to that, knowing that if we mm-hmm. didn't, it was sooner or later. You know, <laughs> the, the bad things are going to start happening to you. I know you guys give at Caterpillar give good recommended um, PM schedules recommended whether it's you know lube changes belt changes mm-hmm. yada yada yada. Is it smart just to follow that, or do you find that some contractors will in fact still superimpose their own schedule onto equipment? And and really, I mean that Jason, that fits with your equipment. You guys are involved. You're involved. Yeah, with it's. I think more and more people are following 
the quote unquote book, if you will. Yeah. Um, there are some that are a little bit more sophisticated that will deviate from the book. For example, they'll track fuel consumption to determine, you know, uh, there goes one of your piece of equipment right now. <laughs> by the way. If you're wondering what that noise was, live here on the job site. Yeah, we're live here on the job site. That's right. You know, so they'll track fuel consumption or yeah. idle time and actually correlate that to number of working hours to say, well, yeah, I did run 500 hours, but I idled 20% of that, so mm. I can go another 20% longer before I do that PM. Okay, I was just wondering. Yeah, and with preventive maintenance, um, it is in the customer's best interest yep. to uh, follow the preventive maintenance schedules that we're providing because as we continue to come out with next generation machines one of the big cost savings is on the operating cost side of things and we are extending out those pms those intervals um, causing less frequency of changes so if you take 250 hour oil change for example on the engine and now it's 500 you're saving fluid filter fluids filters downtime but yet still maintain the machine with the new re- research that, and development in the fluids filters that, in the machine great, itself yeah, that's a great piece of insight there because you know we've all seen what how many how many miles you go before you change oil on your new cars compared yes. to what it used to be right every three thousand I'm experiencing mad, that now you know? with my new truck <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and I've got a good friend that bought I don't know if he bought a Mercedes or an Audi but uh, but it, but it's like six or seven thousand miles yes. kind of a thing now it's just unheard of we wouldn't have never thought about that mm-hmm. you know 20, 30 years ago so we are seeing that same comparison in equipment right yep absolutely absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And, like, and the equipment is harder run. I mean, it's, it wears, guys are just a little harder on that than they would be their own car probably. And, and not recommending to let your guard down. Right. You know, the industry term is SOS, continue to do your oil sampling and uh, leverage your dealership there with the labs they have on site or even the Caterpillar labs as you go through your equipment management solutions. Wow, that's awesome. Um, I, we, we may, this may be a three-part series the way this is going because we're getting some good information here. Um, I know we've talked about training in another podcast. And by the way, those of you who are listening, if this is the first podcast you've heard, you've got to go and get signed up to get these things. We've got some other podcasts, and we did have, we spent a lot of time on another podcast on education. Can we give just a short review as it relates to grade control systems? Is the training any more difficult than any other piece of equipment? I think it's like any skill, Brad. Are you picking up grade control utilization for the yeah. first time? Or are you right. building on, um, I have laser experience, I have sonic experience, I have 2D experience, and now I'm bringing in 3D global navigation satellite systems. Um, if you're bringing on a new technology, you're learning a new technology, we are continuing to put more and more of that information in our monitors of our machines, yeah. um, developing more YouTube videos, a uh, common pipeline of knowledge out there um, for how to use this stuff. For example, the next generation excavators, there's a plethora of videos out there on YouTube for the payload system, the 2D fence, the assist features, the grade control. Um, please do yourselves a favor, go out there, look at those short videos, and really get to understand the one, two, three punch of the keystrokes that you need um, to be able to use that technology to your benefit. This is, I mean, I hate to say this, I think you two guys are geeks like I am, but I mean, I would almost rather watch a bunch of YouTube videos <laughs> on equipment 
you know, handling than I would a, a movie or something like that, you know, a fictional movie, because it, it's, it's amazing. You know, I think, and you guys especially, Caterpillar, you guys, I, I compare you guys to you know, kind of Star Wars on steroids. You know, you, you guys are really <laughs> dreaming. You know, I don't know, I know you have an underground, like Area 51, have an underground research facility with those guys that have long string gray hair, right? You got, tell me you got some of those guys. They don't get out very often. Either, yeah, we, we keep them tucked away. Yeah, yeah. I figured you did. This is going so well. I tell you what, what I like to do, if I can make a suggestion, let, let's, let's take a break here real quick because um, we don't want to run over time with with that and let's come back in just a moment and let's pick up because I really would like for us to get into uh, the, the payload weighing systems and the telematics uh, and I, that may take us every much in the of another podcast. Hey folks, thanks for listening. Again, if you haven't signed up for any of our podcasts, please do that. Uh, go through uh, you know fourconstructionpros.com and we're just wanting to get information out to you and may, maybe it's the people that work for you that need it but thank you for listening. We'll come right back uh, with uh, with a second phase of this uh, examining very important components to new equipment and technology. Thank you for listening.